You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a bitch. But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stamfel, and Mike Florio. Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. The gang's all here. We're back. Joe Galena along with Mike Florio and a guy that's sometimes known as Fantasy Salad. I love the little uh, sign-off that you do on uh, Fantasy BFFs there. Uh, Ezekiel action. Yeah, I like it. like it. <laughs> How's it going, guys? What's up? Frankie, did you see Joe Mixon did that the other day too? Did he really? He did the eating thing. Oh, maybe it's a, he's doing paying it. he's paying respects to uh, <laughs> Is the career that was Ezekiel. I think he's selling the Bengals. Keep feeding me. Well, he already thinks he's uh, as good as Le'Veon Bell, so now he thinks he's as good as uh, Ezekiel Elliott because he had believing one good it week. is half the battle. That's true. Uh, Being really good is the other half. <laughs> well, believing it and thinking it right, but you got to get other people to uh, also agree with you. That's that's the other half of the battle. Yeah, no. that's the that's the harder part. <laughs> well, he got Jake Seeley to believe in him, so I don't know what he did. Joe Mixon, that is. Well, he got uh, Seeley believed in him bef- in preseason. Oh right? yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I'm referring yeah. to. Did yeah. he ever give up on him, or kind of? Uh, I, I think there was a lull in the season. I mm. think you know you have to be a they realist. Broke up for a couple weeks, yeah. and now they're back yeah, together. They're they back were together. they were on a break. <laughs> they were seeing other people. <laughs> uh, week thirteen in fantasy football, big big week, final week in um, many. Uh, regular season, season-long leagues. So, guys, uh, how does your approach change this week? We spoke about this on BFFs. I think if it's just if you win, you get in, you set your best lineup like it's a normal week. But I think where it changes your philosophy is, say, I need to win but also surpass you by 40 points to get in the playoffs. Right. Then you have to try and go for the highest upside because just winning isn't enough. Right. It doesn't matter if you win. As long as I could score 39 more points than you, I'm not in then. So I need to go for that highest upside lineup. But at the same time, don't you want to kind of not get too cute when you're setting up your lineup and kind of go with what got you there for the most part? Sometimes you can't. Like I have a team where I have Rashard Matthews and Robert Woods as my wide receiver three, and now I'm, you know, I'm stuck. Should I play uh, Zay Jones? <laughs> you know, should, I, should I try and pick up uh, Josh Gordon? And we're going to be talking to Josh Gordon, uh, good lead-in, right? Scott, Petri- Scott Petrick is going to join us. He's a writer for the Chronicle, Telegram, and Medina Gazette. You can find his work on brownszone.com. Yeah, we actually had our first uh, inaugural FNTSY playoff scenario generator. That's what we were doing uh, yeah, saw Thursday some of that this week. on yeah. the BFFs, uh, mm-hmm. where we were you know, taking a bunch of questions. What do people need to get into the playoffs? Uh, and I agree with you, Joe. It, it, it's the... It's dependent on you know what you need, trying to get in there. Uh, I said it's easier said than done, but trying to balance out upside and having a safe floor. It's easier said than done, but that's why we're here to help. All right, so we got Scott Petrock, uh, Browns writer for the Chronicle Telegram. We'll be talking uh, Josh Gordon when we come back, and then we can take your calls, go over all the matchups for Week 13. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Playing daily fantasy basketball this year? Consider Daily Roto your go-to resource. Whether you play on DraftKings or FanDuel, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. With a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, there's no better place to get your NBA DFS content. Better yet, you can save 10% using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com slash premium and learn more about our awesome product. So welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Jogalina, Frank Stample, Mike Florio, getting you through a Saturday and a Sunday. Week 13 in the NFL. Uh, we have a very special guest. Uh, happy to have him here. Scott Petrick, Browns writer for the Chronicle, Telegram, and Medina Gazette. You can find his work at brownszone.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott Petrick. Scott, how's it going? Thanks for joining us today. Good. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. So, uh, obviously, Browns in the news a lot this week uh, with uh, Josh Gordon making his return, wide receiver for the Browns. Uh, so let's get right into it. I mean, Hugh Jackson has said that uh, Gordon's going to start this week against the Chargers. The Chargers have a pretty good secondary uh, led by uh, Casey uh, Hayward. But, I mean, what can we realistically expect from Gordon this week? I mean, uh, do you think he's going to be on a snap count? I don't. Um, you know, Hugh said they're going to play him as much as possible. He kind of laughed when asked about whether or not he'd start. He said, are you kidding? And then <laughs> asked about being on a being on a pitch count, he said no. He goes, he's looking to get all the uh, three years he didn't play back in kind of this one game. So I think he's going to play as much as his body lets him, you know, and could be 75, 80% of the snaps. The last time we saw him return from a, a prolonged hiatus, he really went off. We we know he had the uh, the 16 targets, the 120 yards. Do you think that he's fired up for tomorrow and, and we're going to see a big performance as like his his return, putting his stamp on this return? Or do you think it's going to be a, a struggle as he readjusts to the, to the NFL? I kind of think it's going to be between the two. Um, the problem was last time, and obviously it's a whole new coaching staff and most of the team has been changed out since he came back in 2014. But the Browns were hurt by trying to force him the ball as much as they did. You know, Brian Hoyer, who was quarterbacking at the time, just kept throwing it to Josh and throwing it to Josh, even if he was covered, even if Josh wasn't running the right route. And it wound up hurting the Browns. There were plenty of interceptions um, thrown in Josh's direction because of you know they hadn't worked it all together and those kinds of things. So I think the Browns have learned their lesson. They're not going to try to force feed it to Josh. And having said that, if he's covered, you know, if he's got man coverage and solo coverage, you got to try to throw him the ball. And he's instantly the Browns' best receiver, best offensive skill player. So I think it's going to be in the middle, something like you know, seven or eight catches, you know, um, eighty to ninety yards. Hopefully, they get a touchdown out of him. I mean, they've really been lacking targets inside the red zone. So I think that's where you could see Josh really make an impact. Because Deshaun Kaiser just hasn't had anybody he can throw the ball up to and go make a play for him down by the goal line. Hey, Scott. Frank Stanfield here. Thanks for coming on. Uh, just about everybody loves a good comeback story, but have you gotten a sense of how Browns fans feel about Gordon's comeback? Uh, they really haven't had much to cheer about this season. Uh, are the majority of fans supportive of him, or are they more 
here we go again. Are they optimistic? I mean, if they have, if they can have him healthy and Corey Coleman for 16 games, it might be a stretch, but those are two very talented wide receivers <laughs> for the future if, if that's something they want to build around. It sure is, because I think Corey Coleman's better suited to be that number two receiver. You know, they drafted a number 15, which felt high to me at the time, and he's had a couple of broken hands in two years and hasn't shown to be the you know worthy of a first-round pick yet. But I think if you can slot him at the number two guy, you know, and you can avoid double coverage, then he can make plays. You know, he got open on a couple of deep routes last week against Cincinnati and showed that he can get open. He dropped one of them. Um, but to answer your first part of that question, I think the fans have embraced him. I think it's like anything. When Josh is away and he's not with you, fans were all over him and frustrated and angry about the suspension, the long suspensions. But then since he came back, I think he's been embraced. The Browns fans, just like Hugh Jackson and the Browns, are looking for anything to cling to, you know, any ray of hope. And I think Josh gives them that. You know, I tweeted out a video of him making a one-handed catch in practice the other day, and everybody's all excited about it. So... Um, I think fans will embrace him unless or until he screws up again, and then they'll turn on him pretty quick. So the Chargers, uh, their uh, Browns opponent this weekend, have allowed the most receptions to running backs this season, uh, which sets up well for Duke Johnson, who's top five at his position in both targets and receptions. With the Browns being a 14-point underdog in this game, uh, we're expecting a a lot of Duke here. What do you think? Yeah, you know what? I think you'll see a lot of Duke, and Duke's been really effective. It was funny this week he said that um, now he's no longer the number one option on offense, you know, and he has been. And for a guy that's, you know, 5'10", 200 pounds, for him to be the number one option, I'm not sure it speaks highly of the rest of the guys around him, but it does speak to how well Duke has played and how tough he's been and how impressive. I've really been impressed with him this year. He's, to me, kind of solidified himself as a legitimate playmaker in this league. Um, I, I think they'll get the bottom a lot. There's a couple weeks ago where the Browns didn't use him enough. I think it was against Jacksonville. He just didn't play enough snaps, and they didn't have the ball a ton. But Hugh Jackson took some grief for it. And then last week in Cincinnati, you saw Duke get more snaps, more touches. And you would think that would continue. And if defenses have to adjust for Josh, whether that's playing the safeties deeper or shifting to Josh's side, it should open things up over the middle for Duke where he's been really effective. Following up on Duke Johnson, do you think there's enough targets to go around with in this Deshaun Kaiser offense for a Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, and Duke Johnson to all have big games in the in the passing game? Um, yeah, I mean, because you you know, let's say they throw the ball 35 times. Um, I think there's enough, and the fact is, there aren't a whole lot of other options. You know, they got young tight ends. The receiving core outside of Gordon and Coleman is not good. You know, so I think those are the three guys that will get the bulk of the targets. And maybe you see Corey Coleman not get quite as many, and that's okay because Duke's been so good with the ball in his hands. So I, I think Kaiser will look for those three guys primarily. Scott, Isaiah Crowell got off to a very slow start, averaging just 3.13 yards per carry over his first five games. He has played better and rushed for 4.3 yards per carry and two touchdowns in his last six games. With the Browns playing from behind so much this season, they haven't been in a position to fully commit to their running game, and that's caused Crowell's overall numbers to be unimpressive. Uh, but have they seen enough out of him to give him another chance at being their number one back in 2018? Or, I mean, it's very early. Do you think they do something like draft a Saquon Barkley with the first pick? Uh, what, what are you thinking there? Yeah, well, the thing is, 
Crowell's going to be an unrestricted free agent, and he was looking for a contract last offseason and didn't get it. They weren't able to agree on the, the money with the Browns. So I, I think there might be some bad blood there. You know, nothing that can't be corrected, but I would expect him to test the market as of right now, which means the Browns are going to have to bring in someone to be that workhorse to complement Duke Johnson. Um, I'm not a fan of taking a running back at number one. Um, I don't care how good he is. Uh, but there has been talk of Barkley. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Browns are going to have to add someone um, because if you ask me right now, I don't think Isaiah Crowell will come back. However, he had the chance to finish strong. You know, this week he talked about 1,000 yards. I mean, he's 450 away from it, but he still thinks that's a goal. And if he can finish strong and get to 1,000 yards for the first time in his career, which is asking a lot, um, but I think that could – either push him into free agency or give the Browns reason to say, hey, you know what, we have enough other problem areas to fix in this offseason. Let's bring back Crowell, and at least we know we have two running backs we really like. So their record might not reflect this, but uh, the Browns, in our opinion, they actually have some pretty good young talent on their team. I mean, you know, between Coleman and and Joku, and I mean, you could go on, uh, Miles Garrett, right? But they'll obviously have another high draft pick uh, coming up. I mean, what do you think... Uh, they're going to focus on improving this time around. Well, yeah, I mean, they have five picks in the first two rounds, so you can add a lot of talent there. Um, there's just so many question marks. We don't know if the front office is going to come back. We don't know if this coaching staff is going to come back. And I would argue with the, you a little bit. They have some young talent. To me, they don't have enough, especially considering they had 24 draft picks in the last two years. I don't think they've hit on enough of those guys. Um, but like always, it starts with quarterback. I like Kaiser more than a lot of people do, but I would not be shocked if they drafted a quarterback with the first pick in the draft, assuming wow. they have the first pick in the draft. Um, you know, you got to talk about left tackle. Joe Thomas doesn't know if he's going to come back. And even if he does, I don't think they have his replacement on the roster right now. Um, you know, so left tackles up for grabs. They definitely need a free safety because I think Jabril Peppers is playing out of position and should be at strong safety. Um, cornerback, they you know they don't really have a number one cornerback because Jason McCourty's thirty years old. So there's plenty of areas on this team, and depending on how it plays out with Josh Gordon, you know I don't know how, if you kind of Josh Gordon being here, you know I think you got to be careful about that because he hasn't played you know in the last forty four games I think it is. They could draft another receiver because until Josh Gordon came back, the receiving core was probably the worst in the league. All right, we have uh, less than a minute remaining there. I appreciate your time today. Just in general, do uh, you think the Browns are going to uh, let Hugh Jackson you know, rebuild this team? Do they have the patience to, to, to let him uh, build this team in his image? I, I, I don't think so. If I were going <laughs> to bet on it right now, I think everybody gets fired. And the reason I say that is, let's say they go 1-15. It's tough to keep continuity when you're 2-30. Over the last few years, it'd just be really hard to do that. I think there's a chance Hugh comes back, um, and I like Hugh better than some people do. I blame him less. I blame the front office more for giving him the roster that he's been given. Um, but it's just awfully hard to sell ownership on bringing back a coach that could be two and thirty. Gotcha. Well, Scott Petrick, Browns writer for the Chronicle Telegram and Medina Gazette. Follow him uh, at brownzone.com, at Scott Petrick. Scott, appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Scott. We'll be back with more Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to dailyroto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update you Guys, uh, like Aerosmith? Yes, sir Have you ever heard of Aerosmith? Who the heck is that <laughs> I know guy? You have. <laughs> I've heard of them, I don't listen to them a lot But I know that song Yeah, it's I, classic. Had the, uh, I had the guitar hero, Aerosmith yeah, yeah. So I know a few of their songs mm-hmm. Loving an Elevator is a good one mm-hmm. uh, Back in the Saddle Train Kept a Rollin' mm-hmm. That is a fantabulous song Yeah, they have some classics no doubt. Uh, good spot from Scott Petrick. That was awesome. Yeah. Seven to eight catches, 80 to 90 yards for Josh Gordon. Hmm. Yeah, we, That'd be fun to watch. Yeah. And it w- will be interesting to see what he does. And, uh, you know, in the past, you know, he's had a couple of good games and then he kind of faded, you know, after a long layoff. So it'll be interesting to see if he has the kind of stamina. I mean, he could come in right now and say he's in the best shape of his life, like he's been saying. He's still only 26 years old. Yeah. Man. People forget about that. Like, he. He might be on the back end of his prime if he had been playing this whole time, but right. still being 26, I mean, I, I have to believe that he's he's in really good shape. I mean, if you mm-hmm. watch any of the uh, the uninterrupted little short documentary, it was like 13 minutes long. Guy looks like he's in phenomenal shape. Mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting to to see. It'll also be interesting to see next season. Uh, you know, if he could play the full complement of 16 games along with Corey Coleman. And- yeah, you know, like we look at Kelvin Benjamin as like, oh, he's entering his prime. Mm-hmm. Josh Gordon's younger than Kevin Benjamin. Wow, yeah. So, I mean, to Frank's point, it's not crazy. I do worry a little bit that the layoff, though, do- is going to affect him a little bit because, I mean, you don't do it. Even if he's been practicing and everything, mm-hmm. you don't play in, a, in an actual game for three years. It's going to take a little bit of time getting <laughs> to used get to used that to speed. Hit That's too. why I, yeah. I wanted to ask, like, does he think that he took – because tomorrow you know the adrenaline's going to mm-hmm. be there. He's going to really want to, like, come out with a bang. So I – I wonder if he's going to do like he did a couple years ago where he had a monstrous first game and then, like you said, started to dwindle off. That's right. probably where the routine of the NFL... I remember the, also, not only did he dwindle off, but there were like minor kind of injuries that he was faced with. Because look, you haven't played ball in a while. You're getting hit And that was again. a year layoff. Mm-hmm. This is a three-year layoff. Right. This has never been seen before. This right. is kind of like Plus, unprecedented. You know, we're not even talking about the matchup. The matchup is not good. <laughs> the Chargers no. have a very good secondary, right? If, yeah, they definitely If Casey do. Hayward was questionable. He is questionable. If he's out, yeah, then, I think maybe we start to boost up Josh Gordon mm-hmm. a little bit more because Casey Hayward is one of the be- yeah. better cover corners in the league. Mm-hmm. But if he's out, I mean, that certainly helps Josh right. Gordon. Plus, then, you know, he's also got Kaiser throwing the ball to him. Which is the best. Right. A couple weeks ago, I was looking at his number, like five and a half uh, average yards per throw. So... Yeah. He throws a lot to the running backs, yeah. takes a lot of uh, safe throws, what defenses give to him. Mm-hmm. But I will say this. The Browns play the Packers next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's not that's a good be secondary. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting to to watch as well. Yeah. Yes. So uh, week thirteen, let's try to get through some of these uh, matchups and uh, 
try to help uh, our listeners. Hey, look, if you have any lineup questions, big uh, big week 13, 844-843-6879. Uh, check us out uh, on Twitter, at FNTSY Radio. Uh, why don't we start with the Chiefs at Jets? J-E-T-S, <laughs> Jets, Jets, Jets. Jets, New York's team, right? After what the, the debacle from this week that we'll talk about a little later. Yeah, we have faith in our quarterback, Joey. We leave him in through thick and thin. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, thanks for passing uh, Geno Smith along to us. Appreciate that a lot. You're welcome. <laughs> Kareem Hunt. A lot of people have questions about him, obviously. Last six games, 47 rushing yards per game. No touchdowns, eight games. Uh, Jets uh, have been playing pretty good against running backs as of late, right? I mean, uh, you know, how much of this do you think of Hunt's downturn is on him, the offensive line, maybe teams adjusting to the Chiefs, you know, kind of predictable offense. I mean, someone has to tell Andy Reid the shovel pass can only take you so far. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Having Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey throw the ball rather than catching isn't the best game plan. I mean, is it, we talk about not getting cute and setting up your lineup in week 13. Would it be too cute if you've been using Hunt all season long and now, you know, you're, you're, trying to get into the playoffs, and would you sit him? I think it depends on your options. I'm not um, as low on Hunt as I think Frank is. I don't know where he has him ranked, but Mm -hmm. I think I'm a little bit higher. I have him like 17. I might bump him up a spot or two because Sharkhandrick West is out this week, and Sharkhandrick West has been taking a lot of the passing duties away from Kareem Hunt. Uh, The last couple weeks, he's been the one using the two-minute drills and on third down and such, so I I don't know. Are they going to really attempt to Akeem Hunt? I think maybe we could start to see a little bit more (laughs) workload for Kareem Hunt than we have, and Andy Reid comes out every week basically and says, oh, it's my fault. I should have gotten the ball more, and then continuously gives him the ball less, so I think maybe this could lead to him doing a little bit more in the passing game because that's really where Wes was taken away from him. And if that happens, he could get a little bit of a bo- more boost and maybe put up a, a game like we saw from him in the middle of the year. I think the first three weeks were the anomaly. We're not going to see that. Right. But maybe the middle of the year where he was still putting up around 100 total yards because he was giving you like 30 or 40 in the passing game. Right, Frank, I have a team where I have an option of either starting him or Kenyon Drake. Now, Kenyon Drake... You know, primary back this week because Damian Williams out. Uh, Broncos have a couple of guys on their uh, run defense that are out this week. Wh- who would you start? That's a great question, Joe. And I actually have those players back to back. I have Kareem Hunt as my RB twenty, and I have Kenyon Drake as my RB twenty one. Wow. So <laughs> I know that I'm about to tell you how low I am on <laughs> on Kareem Hunt, but. I'm still. I don't have a lot of faith in Jay Cutler, the Dolphins' offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with a keep to leave out, I still think you look at the Broncos' numbers against against the rushing attacks. I mean, they're still allowing a, a very few, a very low yards per carry against. So, I think it's an okay matchup for Kenyon Drake. I think he's a low end RB two, but I'm not buying completely in yet. I would still use Kareem Hunt over him. To answer your original question, uh, asking about the Chiefs offense mm-hmm. overall, or is it Kareem Hunt? Is he hitting a rookie wall? I think it's a combination of all, because uh, it's not just him who's struggling. It's Alex Smith who's struggling. It's his offense overall. Uh, I think teams have kind of uh, figured out what Andy Reid wants to do here, and we've seen it affect everyone, from Alex Smith to Travis Kelsey to Tyreek Hill, uh, and now Kareem Hunt. But I do think he has hit somewhat of a rookie wall mm-hmm. as well, so I'll say it's a combination of both. Really, really do not like the matchup. I'm not just saying that because it's the Jets. I mean, he produced a season-low 26 total yards in a great matchup against the Buffalo Bills last Mm -hmm. week. Now he's facing the Jets, who have allowed uh, 
2.94 yards per carry over their last three games to running backs, 65.7 rushing yards per game. So they've been very stout against backs. Uh, the only reason why he's still RB20 for me is the fact that Sharkhandrick West is out. Mm-hmm. I mean, some other yeah, names right. that I would actually use over him, I'd use both Patriots running backs. I'd use Latavius Murray, Lamar Miller, Alex Collins. When you Collins, say both, you mean Deion Lewis and Burkhead? And Rex Burkhead. Okay. Yeah, so I would use both of those guys. I, I really don't feel good about the matchup. Joey, I know you brought up Kenyon Drake, mm-hmm. and I have a few points about him that make me a little bit worried. Like, I think he is an RB2. I, I will give you that. Mm-hmm. But, one, he's never had an NFL game with double-digit carries. Mm-hmm. I, I know he's only in his second year of his career, but still, we haven't seen that. And so far this year, he's had five carries go for 10 or more yards, mm-hmm. 22 go for two yards or fewer, including some negative rushes. Right. And if you take away... Two of his his two longest runs, which was a sixty six yard run and a forty two yard run mm-hmm. on the year, then he would have forty carries for ninety two yards, good for two point three yards per carry. So he really has been a big play dependent uh, running back. And on the show on BFFs earlier this week, I called him a poor man's Jay Ajayi. Mm-hmm. Remember last year we saw a lot of Jay Ajayi's runs over fifty percent go for three yards or fewer, and then he had. I believe it was something like 25% or maybe even more than that of his rushes go on like, of his rushing yards on like six carries Mm. because he is that big play dependent running back. I think Kenyon Drake is in the same mold. You're not going to get the consistency out of him every single carry, but he does have the ability to break one deep. If he doesn't break one deep, though, I think he's going to have a disappointing game. I'll be the devil's advocate in that, right? Uh, Over the past month, Broncos have given up the second most fantasy points. To it's a backs. good matchup. Yeah, I mean, and they're without defensive end Derek Wolf, uh, nose tackle Dumata Pico. They're both very good against the run. Uh, he's got the whole backfield to himself, scored double digit fantasy points three of his last four games. So your points are well taken, but still makes me think. For all of that being said, the Denver Broncos are still allowing just 3.2 yards per carry, which Overall. is the lowest right. in the NFL. So they've given up some touchdowns. Trending they've- the wrong way, though. Yes. Yeah, the last few they weeks are. they've been shredded. That's why I do have him as a I have him as a borderline top twenty RB this week. But mm-hmm. if it was like a, against a, a team that I had less uh, more faith in defensively, mm-hmm. he'd probably he would be lower because the matchup and the uh, the volume that we're projecting him to get mm-hmm. has to warrant him being in that top twenty. But I just want to give people a little bit of pause. Don't expect Kenyon Drake to right. like. No. Be the next Jay Ajayi because I don't think he's as good as Jay Ajayi. I think they're similar players though. So are you going to start Drake over Kareem Hunt? I don't know. You guys tell me. Hunt, I would right? use Hunt. Hunt. Okay. If I lose, I'm coming after you. Okay. <laughs> we'll be back with more. You don't want Joe Galina coming after you. <laughs> we'll be back, back with more of the weekend fantasy update. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 Fantasy Sports Network of its kind without a subscription. Check out YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page and participate in the program in there, where you can ask questions, discuss the topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your question. The number is 844-84-FNTSY. That's 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your free fantasy source, 24 hours a day.
we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Glita, Frankie Cheech, Stamfel eating a little salad on occasion. <laughs> I wish you could see what he just did. Uh, the uh, Ezekiel Elliott uh, manja kind of uh, mannerism. Just call it? Manja. Eat. That's got to be, oh, that. yeah. That's some heard, kind of Italian you, word. You've never heard yeah. manja? No. Wow. That's how a, would I? I don't, Joe, it's just you're a very super common, Italian. I'm super Italian. <laughs> super Italian. <laughs> like some kind of. Look at me. <laughs> he has what, a what Superman su- logo on his chest, but it's green, white, and red. <laughs> what am I? What are my superpowers? I think they make those shirts. <laughs> we should buy one for Joe. They definitely make. I'm gonna Google it. Joe, well, you know what I just found out actually? So what? my sister did one of those things where you find out your nationalities. They oh, trace yeah, you back. Great. I've been wanting I found to do out. That. I have 0% Italian in me. And you thought you were uh, really? like half Italian or something, right? I thought that I had a percentage, maybe like a third or something uh-huh. like that. Oh, yeah, you're getting that for Christmas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I took that I, Superman Italian shirt. I, ha- right I have that. I have that. I need the Batman one. Do you really? I have that one. <laughs> I've worn it here. You have a Batman Italian shirt? No, I have a Superman Italian you, shirt. That's, I, he I he one. has worn he it. Has that's worn how it. I know it exists. <laughs> so how what, do we forget what, about that? What would a super uh, Italian superhero... What would his powers be? Making meatballs? <laughs> Throw meatballs at people? Whack someone with a salami? Right, there you go. <laughs> or just whack someone overall? Well, yeah, why not, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, I picture Joey Galena in a... Like a tank top, like a white feeder kind of thing, with like meatballs over the pot, like all angry. He's got a blowout. And you gotta have the, uh, the... You gotta have the gold chain hanging, right? Look at that. Batman Italian shirt. Your super your superpower is you could turn people's shoes into cement. <laughs> and then you throw them in the water. That is great. Uh, I was thinking of you. There was a, a story in the news this week that they found someone who had uh, a cinder block tied to his feet. And, and why jo- are you here then? Joey was why are you just like, oh man, I got to go on the run. Uh, fantasy sports. You're, put, you're putting yourself at serious risk here, Joe. All right, so let's finish real quick with the uh, the Jets and the Chiefs. Uh, on the Jets side, we spoke about the Chiefs side. I mean, obviously, you're going to play uh, Travis Kelsey. Ty- Tyreek Hill, you're going to play him as well, right? Uh, on the Jets side, Robbie Anderson, man. This guy is really coming on. Five straight games with a touchdown. Uh, Pro Football Focus projects that Marcus Peters is going to be on him, but I- I'm still starting Robbie Anderson. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you got it. He's a, he's a yeah. wide receiver one for me yeah. this week, and I think Jermaine Curse is a sneaky wide receiver three. I actually have him as my uh, wide receiver thirty one overall. I'm very high on him. He has uh, nineteen targets over his last two games. Josh McCown has played very well at home this year, mm-hmm. much better than on the road. He has his Still own a little streamer this week. No, yeah, no, I have him as my yeah. QB ten. I, I think he's a low end QB this week. Uh, two hundred fifty five passing yards at home, opposed to two hundred three on the road. Eight point zero six yards per attempt at home. Six point four on the road. One hundred one point nine passer rating at home. Eighty seven point five passer rating on the road. So he's been better at home. It's a good matchup going up against his Kansas City Chiefs mm-hmm. and. In an effort to make their secondary worse, they signed Darrell Reed. So <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's a, I think Josh McCown, uh, specifically Jermaine Curse and Robbie Anderson are all in good spots here. What about uh, the Jets backfield, real quick? I mean, look, we're all looking for a running back, right? Uh, is, is there anyone that you trust this week? I mean, Forte still dealing with the knee issue. Sounds like he'll play. You know, you have Bilal Powell, Elijah McGuire. I mean, personally, I'd, I'd avoid all three. Yeah, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even want to flex one of these guys. Mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, it's hard to figure out, too, on a week-to-week basis because it's a committee approach. Right. I mean, we've seen series where, the, will, where they will open up one carry for Forte, one carry for McGuire, one carry for, uh, for Powell. 
on right. the first series of the game. So it's hard to figure out. Um, and Matt Forte is uh, is banged up here yeah. too. There so. was a part of the season where it looked like he was going to kind of be the the guy there, and then he got hurt, and, and then that knee injury. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's move on uh, to uh, the Bucks at the Packers. And uh, Ty Montgomery on IR, so you have uh, Jamal Williams coming off a big week. Uh, Aaron Jones is in the mix. Uh, is he a game-time decision, or is he actually playing? He is questionable right mm-hmm. now. It looks like he's going to be a game-time decision. Mm-hmm. As of Thursday, it looked like he was just like, he was limited practice, and then he practiced again Friday a little bit more, and it looks like he actually could make a push to play. I'm hoping he sits, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a this is annoying for Jamal Williams owners too yeah. because this was a rock solid matchup going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was very excited about it. Originally had Jamal Williams in my top twelve as an RB one. I thought he was a great play for DFS. He's super cheap. Uh, but now Aaron Jones, I don't. I feel like they're kind of rushing him back because they said three to six weeks. Mm-hmm. This is on the short end of that three to six week uh, time frame. So. Even if he does play, I don't think he's going to get a lot of work. I think maybe we could see five to seven touches out of him. Mm-hmm. But I, I'd still, I'd have Jamal Williams as a lock in there for you know maybe fifteen carries, two, three, four receptions, something like that. So mm-hmm. I still feel pretty good about Jamal Williams. If Jones doesn't play, he's an RB one for me. Jamal Williams, that is. Yeah. If he does play, I'll knock Jamal Williams down a little bit, but I think he's still a very solid RB two. Uh, speaking of bringing back some players, maybe a little too early. What do you think about uh, Jameis Winston? You think? Uh, He's being brought back a little too early because originally it looked like it was going to be. I think there were even whispers that it might have been a season-ending injury, and now all of a sudden he's back after three weeks. Yeah, I I downgraded him a bit because normally if he was fully healthy in this matchup, he'd probably be a QB one for me this week. But I I have him as a lower end QB two. I think I have him QB nineteen behind mm-hmm. Blake Bortles because I am worried about that shoulder injury. I know the. The matchup is great on paper, but I really do worry that, one, if it hampers his throwing ability at all this, right. this week, and two, what if he takes a big hit and has to exit the game early? So That's what happened last I, time. He yeah, left the game mid-game. I think that unless you are in a two-quarterback or super flex league, there are better options for you to trust this week. Nothing worse than week 13. You're fighting for a playoff spot, and you, your quarterback gives you five fantasy points and done for the day. Yeah, you, you can't <laughs> bounce back from that. You can bounce back if you sit Winston, and he has a good game on your bench mm-hmm. but the quarterback you put in gives you like 15 or so points you could live with that you can't live with Jameis Winston leaving early like mm-hmm. you said Doug I, Martin uh, go ahead I will Doug, say uh, Frank. about Mike Evans Deshaun Jackson is banged up dealing with a foot yeah. injury mm-hmm. uh, people were excited about Cameron Brait possibly playing with Jameis Winston again we know Jameis likes to lean on Cameron Brait mm-hmm. but he is also questionable for that game so I mean if anything happens where those guys are out or mm-hmm. even limited I think we could see a monster performance out of Mike Evans, who gets the Packers secondary, allowing the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Absolutely. What do you guys think of Cameron Brait this week? Because I know some people on the network said they're trusting him. Jameis Winston's back, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Cameron Brait is his boy. Right. I'm a little bit on the other side of that. Yeah, like I'd, personally, I'd fade him. But, I mean, it is a good point that when Winston has been in there, I mean, Winston has missed three weeks, and and Braid has had one catch in each of those three weeks. So that kind of tells you a little something. But yeah. I, I don't know if I would take the chance. He did have a, I believe he had a Braid had a down game the last week. Winston was in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is fully. It was just Ryan Fitzpatrick who liked OJ Howard, mm-hmm. or maybe the Bucks are out of it. They used a very early pick on OJ Howard. Maybe they're trying to get him more acclimated in the offense. So for me, if I'm 
if I own either one of these tight ends, I'm kind of taking a wait and see approach mm-hmm. with them. I'm I'm holding them because we know the upside that Bolt has. But tight end is deep enough this week where I think you can go in another direction. Yeah, I have him as my. I moved them up to tight end 16, but that's still right behind Charles Clay, Ricky Seals Jones. Austin Safarian Jenkins, so I would trust those guys over him. Again, he's dealing with a hip injury, so mm-hmm. I mean, if he takes one hit, uh, lands the wrong way. Yeah. I mean, we've seen guys leave when they have hip injuries, so I'm a little worried about that. I looked into the snaps played for OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. They've been pretty consistent mm-hmm. uh, as they were early on in the season. I think they're just uh, getting OJ Howard more targets now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, not oh, using... he was always heavily used, but yeah, now, yeah, yeah, yeah because because he's always in there on run blocking. So right. their their offensive snaps haven't really changed. It's just the targets are char- starting to go OJ Howard's way. Doug Morton's going to be out uh, concussion, right? Uh, Jacques Rogers. I'm higher on big him. fat thumbs down. <laughs> I'm higher on him than Frank is. I think he has to be owned because mm-hmm. the chance that he could be what he was early on this year when Doug Martin was out, mm-hmm. and all of last year when Doug Martin was out, which is a guy who's going to give you twenty plus touches. Yeah, he had decent games. He started for Martin the first three weeks, right? Two out of the three games, he was okay. Uh, the middle game, gonna, he was against Minnesota, so he gave him a little bit of a pass. He didn't do much, but yeah, he's not going to like be a guy who like lights the world on fire. But the only thing is Peyton Barber, right? Might take some. Re- I mean, he might be the guy that takes you down the field, and Peyton Barber, yeah, he, with his he red certainly zone carries, could, could be. Could score. That's what happened last week, but. I also think like Charles Sims last week got a, a ton of usage, but they were already trailing pretty big by the time Doug Martin came out. Charles Sims has been what Charles Sims is all year. He's a third down back on a team that doesn't throw the ball to the running backs a ton. Right. I think how many RBs are going to come up on the waiver wire these next few weeks that true. have the chance true, yeah. to give you 15-plus touches a game? Mm-hmm. I think you have to take a flyer on Jaquiz Rogers. I picked him up in a few leagues. I'm not starting him this week. I'm taking the wait-and-see approach, but I think he has to be picked up. On the Packers side, uh, you have Brett Hundley really had a, a nice game last week, but you're not going to. I can't really see a scenario where you'd start him. In Maybe two, a two, in two QB leagues, yeah. I like the matchup yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. I think in D, DFS, it's very cheap this week as well. Right. But in season long, I don't know if, if I If you trust play in a one quarterback <laughs> league, <laughs> yeah, no. I, I don't know how you can feel yeah. comfortable starting him. But Devontae Adams hasn't been affected by the new quarterback uh, situation, right? Six for 88. Uh, in his past four games, six catches, 88 yards. Jordy Nelson, you called it two or three weeks ago. Basically, you got to sit this guy. Yeah, he's kaput right yeah. now. I did have someone ask me on Twitter a very, very interesting question, and I wanted to bring it up. Uh, they asked me, should they stash Jordy Nelson in case Aaron Rodgers comes back in that Week 15 game Why against not? the Carolina Panthers? If you have the room. No? I think that's a great yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. Don't drop anything of value, but if you could stash Jordy Nelson and he plays with Aaron Rodgers in Week mm-hmm. 15 and 16... I mean, even if you just get him in as your wide receiver three or flex, we've seen what he can do with Aaron Rodgers. As for Devontae Adams, uh, going up against the Bucks, who have allowed the most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last month, I love this matchup for him. Uh, he's inside my top 12. I love him for DFS purposes as well. I get I get that question that Frank brought up a lot on Twitter as mm-hmm. well, and I tell the same people every time. One, it depends who you're dropping. You can't mm-hmm. drop anything of value for Jody Nelson right now. And two, all right. Adam, it's a good ad if you have like someone at the end of your bench. Mm-hmm. Take a shot on Jordy Nelson. It is no guarantee, though, that Aaron Rodgers returns. The Packers are quickly falling out of it. Mm-hmm. They're 5-6 and six right now. If they continue to lose, they're going to quickly be out of it in the NFC. Why rush Aaron Rodgers back? Why not shut him down the last couple weeks of the season as well? Let him be fully healthy for next year. So it's no guarantee he comes back. Good point. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the Vikings-Falcons matchup. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update.
The award-winning Fantasy Sports Radio Network is your free fantasy source 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. You can catch this show and many others live on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app, iHeartRadio, or TuneIn Radio. Want to listen on your computer at work? Go to FNTSY.com slash radio or check us out on YouTube Live on the Fantasy Sports Network YouTube page where you can ask questions, discuss topics with other fantasy enthusiasts, or tell everyone that you disagree. Call into your favorite show and ask your questions on the air. The number is 844-843-6879. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network is the only totally free, 24-7, 365 days a year fantasy sports network of its kind without a subscription. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network, your fantasy source. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. It sounds like it's the weekend with this song coming in, right? Super Italian, Joe Galina. <laughs> Turning your shoes into Joe cement. <laughs> hey, Joe comes in fist pumping, <laughs> throwing meatballs at people. Got, the, got the, the, the gold chain, the, you the, know, chess the, the hairy chest. Yeah. You that's, think if we got Joe me. drunk enough, he'd actually like embrace his persona? <laughs> no. 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 Joe, I was watching Goodfellas again the other day for like the 50th time, uh, and I, awesome. I could just see you hanging out with them. You can see you don't see me hanging from the uh, rafters like frozen. You see? No, they- no, no, <laughs> okay. no, no. Like I could see you like playing cards with them, and then like, hey, yo, <laughs> that is a classic movie. Uh, it's my favorite movie yeah. of all time. We still got to get you. We still got to get to watch uh, Godfather. I mean, I was promised spaghetti and meatballs on the Godfather night, and it never happened. We're gonna do that. It's gonna happen. Fran, stop making the sauce. Not the gravy. <laughs> uh, I want to remind everyone that uh, if they're thinking of giving DFS a try, Fantasy Factor is the perfect daily fantasy site for the casual recreational player. Flatter prize pools, smaller fields, and single entry contests only. Fantasy Factor runs NFL and NBA free rolls every week. That's right, a free entry. Simply sign up and enter. Just go to fantasyfactor.com. So uh, we had uh, teased before we went to commercial. We're going to talk about the Vikings and Falcons. Might need a couple segments because it's a short one. But uh, Vikings, Falcons, no Desmond Trufant for the Falcons. So uh, might be a little uh, bump up for maybe who? Uh, Stephon, Stephon Diggs, Diggs who yeah. hasn't really done much. Where has he gone? What happened to Stephon Diggs? Uh, he's he still I, nursing that injury? I mean, he's the third target now, man. Mm-hmm. I mean... Adam Thielen is clear-cut number one. Absolutely, yeah. Kyle Rudolph is like a lock for five, at least five catches a week. The mm-hmm. only game I, I, he had, I think, six straight in a row, and then last week he had four, but he had the two touchdowns to right, make so up, for up for it. it. Yeah, so, I mean, that guy is super consistent as well. And Stefan Diggs is third. This could be a week, though, where all three, I think, have big games. I have Adam Thielen in my top ten wide receivers. Stefan Diggs I have as a high-end wide receiver, two. Kyle Rudolph I have as a, a top, like, Six or seven tight end, and I even have Case Keenum in my top ten at quarterback. So mm-hmm. I'm very high on this. And I think this also could be a good game for both running backs, especially Jack McKinnon in PPR. We know the Falcons struggle with pass catching RBs, so that's where Jack McKinnon shines. Mm-hmm. Actually, yeah. uh, real quick, I'm starting Casey, Case Keenum, Casey, Case Keenum <laughs> over Derek Carr. Am I crazy? Not at all. 
Nope. I would actually I would use Case Keenum over Josh McCown, who was someone that I really liked. I have Keenum as my ninth quarterback. I'd use him over Big Ben, Stafford, Carr, Tyrod Taylor, Matt Ryan, Marcus Mariota. I'd use him over all those guys. I mean, yeah. he's been super consistent, 280 yards in four straight games, multiple touchdowns in three of four of those games. Uh, he just creates a lot of matchup problems mm-hmm. with, with the offensive players that he has around him. Stephon Diggs on the outside, Adam Thielen in the slot, Kyle Rudolph at tight end. Mike mentioned Jarek McKinnon who could catch passes out of the backfield in a good matchup here because the Falcons don't defend uh, pass-catching running backs very mm-hmm. well. And in Latavius Murray, I mean, this guy has 15 red zone carries over yeah. his last three games. To put that in perspective, Marshawn Lynch has 15 red zone carries on the season. Mm-hmm. So Latavius Murray didn't take over until week five I believe it was and he he's fifth in the NFL in red zone carries I mean yeah. death taxes Latavius Murray scores a touchdown this week. since uh, Dalvin Cook went down I, I checked he uh, has out touched in the red zone uh, between him and McKinnon 27 to 12 so he's the guy I mean early it seemed that McKinnon was the guy I'm in on oh, all right. all Vikings offensive players this week yeah. I have uh, Keenum just where Frank does, but watch. This is going to be the week he throws an early pick or two, and they're going to bring in Teddy. Uh, we got to go. That's, <laughs> that Hell's bells are ringing. We got to go. All right, we'll be right back with more Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.